I'm going to chat with Sydney about her epilepsy. She also has tonic clonics like me. And you guessed it, we met on Instagram. So I think every single one of my guests I've met on social media, which I've said it before and all the time, that I love the platform because it can connect all of us. Because it wasn't when I was first diagnosed, I didn't know anybody that had it. So now meeting people literally with a click of a button is just awesome. And that's my view on social media. I know a lot of people feel differently about it. Sometimes it really sucks, but for the most part, I love it because it creates this sense of community. So welcome, Sydney. I'm glad to be interviewing you. Uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how, like, you know, how old were you when you were first diagnosed? Yes. Um, so my name is Sydney. I live like 45 minutes outside of Philly. And I was first diagnosed when I was 12. So I'm 22 now. So I was diagnosed in 2010. And I was at Hebrew school. And I remember that I was in line to get tested on the Hebrew alphabet. And then things just started to get a little hazy. And the next thing I know, I was just in the ambulance or no, I was in the hospital and everyone was around me. And because I was so young, I didn't really understand what, what was happening. Oh wait, I was diagnosed when I was 10 years old, 12 years old, 12 years old. Um, so I wasn't really sure what was happening when I was in the hospital because I was so young and I didn't realize how serious the situation was, but that, so that's kind of the beginning of my story. And my parents, the thing that they cared about, they were terrified. My brother, he was scarred. He vomited on the way there because he was like scarred. The, my parents were, they didn't even know what to say, but they were like, what can we do? That's the most important thing to do. Like, what is, what can we do about this? And the thing is that no one noticed. I had been fluttering all of my childhood. So I'd been like blinking my eyes very fast, which are mini seizures. And my parents and my family, my uncle was actually the first one to notice this. They just thought I was being cute and trying to get things I wanted. Um, but it turns out we were all wrong. Well, they were all wrong because I didn't notice I was doing it. And I found out I live with epilepsy. And then I started going to the Children's Hospital of Philly. And my neurologist first put me on Depakote. And that worked for a while, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I think I was I was on that until in middle school I switched to Kepra and that worked until maybe freshman or sophomore year of high school and then I switched to Lamictal and Zonogram and that worked until from high school through college and in high school I was pretty much seizure free all of high school I had a seizure on my birthday of junior year. And so that wasn't fun. And 
uh, in senior year, I had vertigo from dehydration. So I would get double vision every day and I would go to the nurse's office and try and sign my name and probably sign my name on like half of the paper. And I had to go to the hospital due to this double vision. And that was the first time I went to the hospital due to double vision. So that was pretty much my high school epilepsy experience. But besides that, with regarding epilepsy, my high school experience was great. I am best, I have best friends from high school and they're all um, amazing. I, they don't look at me like regarding my epilepsy that has nothing to do with our friendship, which is really like, like, it's just awesome to have them there with me and always there for me. High school was just, I think everyone knew about my epilepsy and it didn't change anything. Um, like I, I never define myself by my epilepsy and that's never going to change. Um, so then I got into JMU, James Madison University, and that was my dream school. And that was awesome. And I think the transition into college was very different for me. I was very nervous and I don't know why. I don't know why I was so nervous about telling people about my condition because I've always been very proud of it. Um, so I had a very interesting roommate situation and she was very selfish and she I didn't tell anyone on my floor about my condition besides my roommate and at the end of like first semester I had some cluster seizures and she kicked me out of my own room so that happened um that's crazy so yeah. when you say cluster seizures like tell tell the audience what that means were you having like back-to-back -back tonic clonics or what what do you mean by cluster I had, yeah, I had three back-to-back tonic-clonic. Like within a day or like? Within like a couple minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I had friends from a different floor. I had some best friends from a different, different floor. And one of my, one of them was named Clara and her dad, I didn't know this, um, lives with epilepsy and she had no idea that I have epilepsy and she was right by my side in the hospital and she was not scarred by any like she was like messing up she was um like right there by my side like she was right there by my side um but my roommate situation was interesting um but what really got me through what got through to me was one of my best friends named Reed, who's still one of my best friends, and he does not remember this this moment. Um, after I was carried away in the gurney, he the next day he was like, "Sid, why were you so embarrassed? Like, why didn't you tell us? What are we not? Shoot, I didn't mean to say embarrassed. Um, <laughs> like, okay. why didn't he was like?" said why didn't you tell us what are we going to call you epilepsy girl it doesn't change anything like we're still going to make fun of you for the same reasons aka being oblivious and just saying weird things because that's my personality and then I realized like why didn't I tell people I I've never been like that it was so weird of me and it was so weird for me to think about I'm like wait Sydney what 
Um, and that was the first seizure in, in college. And it was definitely my fault. Um, my biggest triggers are alcohol and sleep. And I think the transition from high school to college, I, I went like crazy and it was, I think, I mean, but I think that that's normal. I think the, the average college student goes out, parties, stays up way too late, drinks. I mean, that's. Yeah, exactly. Nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, I know when I, that's, I had a lot of seizures during the time I was staying out way too late, drinking way too much. So yeah. I feel you on that. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, I, I feel like it was just like, it was bound to happen. And I guess the roommate thing, I'm, I'm glad we, I'm not glad that that happened because she's an awful person. I have never met anyone like her and I hope I don't meet anyone like her again because she's just an awful person, but it really showed me her true colors and I found my best friends in the entire world. So right. that was something that I just learned and it's like, there's some people that are going to be awful and there's some people that are there's everyone else that 99% of the population that are going to be like Sid you're my best friend <laughs> like there's right. weird. now do you think that if you would have been up front and said hey I have epilepsy there's a chance I could have a seizure this is what I need you to do if it happens do you think giving her those tools would have changed the outcome or just do you think she was just a horrible I, human. <laughs> I, told her, I told her before we were roommates. Oh, that's right. So she is the one that she's like the only one that knew, but the people yeah. around you didn't know. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah. she just, okay. All right. Well, like I think, <laughs> I, and I think we've talked about that before is I, I feel like education the, or the lack of education leads to fear and just a closed mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, but if someone's not willing to help, I mean, shame on them. I know it's, it's crazy. I had never, I never expected that from anyone. Yeah. It's really and, crazy to experience. Yeah. I mean, you had similar stories too, is like, I, I went through, I didn't have any seizures in high school, but I went my whole childhood basically seizure free. Cause you know, they thought I outgrew it. So I lived a pretty, pretty normal life. I didn't have my, I wasn't re-diagnosed until I was 21. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, you know, we were, we both were able to pretty much do our lives quote unquote normal um, until college when they all, you know, sounds like yours came back in college too. A little bit about why you're deciding to talk about it more and share and advocate and like share your story. Like what happened? What was the turning point when you decided to just like I know that you said that you have never been embarrassed of your epilepsy and you've kind of besides college when you didn't tell some people, like you've always been kind of open about it, which is really interesting because a lot of people are scared and they keep it to themselves and they don't they don't talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. After freshman year, I was very open. Um, but I, my turning point of really being an advocate was the summer going into my senior year of college when I decided to participate in epilepsy camp, which is a one-week camp 
and they have them everywhere, but mine is, um, the one I went to is of Eastern Pennsylvania. It's in like Lansdale and we sleep in cabins. It's from ages like first grade through the, the campers are like first grade through 16, age 16 or something. And everyone has, all the campers have epilepsy. The counselors either have epilepsy or have been through an experience or are supporters, like they have been, have, are, have family members with epilepsy. And it was really awesome to just be in your own social capital and everyone really understand each other. And sometimes I feel like my life is hard and I go through points of like, damn, this sucks, especially in college, like being around my other friends. But when I went to epilepsy camp, I realized like, wow, people are so strong. The first day, one of my campers had a, had a generalized seizure and she I had never seen a seizure and I, I cried right away. I had an an anxiety attack and it was really hard to see. Um, and all the campers, they were honestly my support system. And I, after like the first couple of days I was going to leave. And then I was like, I can't do this. Let me go get my dog. <laughs> camp I realized that everyone is there's so many people who have different types of epilepsy and different severities in their epilepsy but everyone is so proud and everyone is so positive and everyone is just there for each other and it was really inspiring to see people who are so much younger than me and people who and just that so many people who were so supportive and so strong and having seizures every day and they were just like amazingly strong and I I was like I I realized how how much I how how much I need to appreciate my life and how how much others have like how <laughs> I'm so bad at this. You're fine. fine. You appreciate life a little bit more and realize that you have a voice because of what you've been through. Yes, like seizures and and being there to take care, not take care, but being the first aid and the support and the support system of my campers. And I was the one that if they had a seizure, I was gonna make their day as best as it could be. And it, they had a great time and it was awesome to see. Everyone was just so positive. And after that, I was like, I want to advocate for epilepsy camp. I want everyone to come. I want everyone to be there. And I just realized that it's, it's an amazing thing. Like I am so glad to be a part of this neuroatypical population because everyone's so different and everyone's so proud to be different. Like I have always been so proud to be different, but at epilepsy camp, I learned, I just learned so much. And I, I made so many long life friends that I'll have that I would have never made. And it's just really amazing to have. And at epilepsy camp, 
we did so many fun activities and but one of the activities we kind of had like a heart to heart and it was like what's the best thing about epilepsy and what's in quotes the hardest thing and the best thing I would say is being able to being different because one thing that I learned in my autism in one of my autism courses is that like who wants to have the goal of being like normal like I oh I wish to be normal that's not really a good goal I'm being different being different being in this neuroatypical population it's like what makes me special it's so I enjoy it and I think I think it's awesome but the worst thing I always I said that it's the effect on others I don't know where I was going with this <laughs> yeah I mean I think we've talked about this before too is I think that um it's a lot easier because you don't see yourself having a seizure and when it's over it's over and you can just you know yeah you have some lingering like postical effects but for the most part you know, our and like for me too, I mean, it sounds like your seizures are so few and far between that it's not quote unquote, not a really a big deal. Um, I mean, everybody's epilepsy is different, but the biggest, um, the, yeah, I mean, the biggest, I guess, reason to be nervous and upset about it is seeing your loved ones, like mm -hmm. how they respond to, like you said, your brother was really upset when he saw you have a seizure. Um, but yeah, I think seeing the effects of what your condition does to your loved ones is really, really hard. Yeah, that's definitely hard. And I think that's one thing that I also learned at epilepsy camp is how other people are affected because I was the one who was doing the seizure first aid on others and on all of the kids there. And it was definitely hard. I had many anxiety attacks. Someone had a seizure in the pool and it was terrifying, but it was just something to learn from. And it was, I was like, okay. And I just, the whole experience of epilepsy camp, seeing so many struggles and then seeing how positive the kids are and how much fun everyone has I just learned so much and that is when my turn that's the turning point and that's when I started getting more involved in epilepsy communities in epilepsy support groups and one of my professors actually connected me with Jackie and then she tagged me in one of the posts and I was, and I had just read his article about online support communities for people who stutter. And it was so ironic because it was, I read his article like a couple days before and I saw, and then I joined the support, um, the online community. And I was like, wait, this is so awesome. And I think just after epilepsy camp, I haven't even talked about my recent hospitalizations. I've been in the hospital a lot recently um, from um, doing a lot of tests and a change in medicine. Um, I guess I can talk about that too. And I think online communities also are just awesome. And from all the 
recent experiences and I think it after epilepsy camp it made me realize that no matter how negative your experiences are no that was the wrong thing to say um no matter how and like it's always you can always find a positive outcome and there's always people there to support you and I think it's really awesome to have these people like you and just I think that I know this is like really going back and forth back to epilepsy camp and then back to this but I just learned epilepsy camp just led me to this positivity and wanting to advocate like I know I tell all of my friends oh come to epilepsy camp because you'll learn so much although they don't like anyone can come they'll ever you'll just learn so much and get a different perspective on life Right. So that's important to note is that these camps are not just for people with epilepsy. Like you can go volunteer, be a counselor um, if you don't have epilepsy, right? Oh yeah. My cousin wants to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She wants to come, which is really, really awesome. Yeah. And before we chatted, I had no idea that there was a such a, such a thing as epilepsy camp. So I think that that's really awesome that, I mean, I think for, if you want to find one, just Google, right. Or check mm-hmm. with the foundation too. There's definitely resources out there, but I, yeah. And that's one of the main reasons why I created the adult support group is because it didn't exist before. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said before, I didn't, when I was first like re-diagnosed, I didn't know anybody that had epilepsy for a few years. So the fact that we can just connect online via zoom is great, but you know, especially during this pandemic, cause it's so hard. Yeah. It's very hard. Um, and then like it, for parents with epilepsy, you mentioned Jackie, but like with the parents, I mean, they're, they need support groups too. So I created that for them because it's hard. You feel isolated. You feel like you're just being a caregiver and there's no break in sight. So just having a place that you can log on and vent or in no, and have no judgment because people around you get it. They understand. Um, it's pretty awesome. So yeah, I think support is like the most important thing. And I'm really thankful that I have that, that I have such a good support system because along with my epilepsy comes anxiety. And sometimes I have depression that goes with anxiety and my support system is just so important. And it's really awesome to have that. So both online, like our online communities, the epilepsy camp, I have a I've met someone who for a week and we still talk, which is just a long lasting, like we'll always have that like relationship and it's so awesome. And all my friends, all my family, and I think exactly what you're saying, the support system is just one of the most important things to have. Yeah. And if you're listening and you don't have the support physically, like from your family or friends, I mean, just message me, I'll be your support. Uh, That's what we're here for. Now, recently you went through a whole bunch of like med changes and testing. So do you want to share a little bit about that or? Yes. So I, so after I went home from undergrad due to COVID, 
I started having some breakthrough seizures. I have no idea why, because my Lamictal and Sonogram had worked for so long. And I had switched to UPenn and they decided to change. I think I was, they made me stay for a week. Maybe not, I'm not sure. But they changed my medicine to Vimpat and Onfi. I was not a fan of Onfi from the beginning because it's a benzo and it just freaked me out. So I did not like that from the beginning. And honestly, it was, it was not effective at all. I was on it for a couple months, I think, and I had double vision. I had awful side effects. I had about 10 seizures within like three months, I think, which is absurd for me. I was hospitalized three times for a week each time in the epilepsy monitoring unit so they could do EEGs and get an ictal spec, which is where they, at least they, I'm not even sure if they got the ictal spec, they tried, where they trigger seizures and try to put some dye into your, into an IV or something. So they can try and find a focal point, but they tried to trigger seizures and kept me in the hospital for a week um, with an EEG to find a focal point but they never did. So it was kind of a lot. I had been really hoping for that I was a candidate for surgery, which a lot of people are like, why would you want brain surgery? But I've always been interested in it. I've always wanted it, especially after I took a neuroanatomy class in undergrad because I'm a speech language pathology major and I took a neuroanatomy class and I was very interested in once he talked about corpus callosum surgery for intractable epilepsy. And then I started looking into different surgeries. But after I think four hospitalizations, they were like, you're not a candidate for surgery. So that kind of really stunk being in the hospital so much. And I think it, I mean, who would wanna be in the hospital? <laughs> So it, I mean, I guess it ruled out that option, which is a positive. Yeah, I guess looking at a positive, it ruled out that option. And it made me realize I, I'll be on Zonogram and Lamictal, which is awesome. They changed me back to Zonogram and Lamictal, which is great because that worked for so long. But Vimpat and Onfi was not the best. And I think when they switched me, that also made me lose my license because I had that and they switched me and yeah, the medicine did not work. I actually, one of the hospital, the last hospitalization I had to go because the Vimpat made me, I'm sorry for the graphic, but it made me vomit like profusely for multiple hours from the Vimpat because I had double vision and dizziness. So I have motion sickness. And that's when we were like, all right, there's too many side effects. This doesn't work. I'm kind of like not okay right now. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 for a lot of people, Vimpat is a great drug, but that just goes to show that everybody is so different and you can't take, um, you can't do exactly what someone else is doing because no epilepsy is the same. 
Oh, exactly. 100%. Yeah. And even if you're having breakthrough seizures, for the most part, it's controlled, which is really confusing to me on why they switched you in the first place, because (laughs) that's just a whole other topic. Um, Because when I was on Keppra, I, I was having breakthrough seizures, but for the most part, my breakthrough seizures were like once a year. And so they didn't change it because for the most part it worked. But as a person with epilepsy, you're just bound to have one every so often at at its worst. Um, But yeah, well, I'm glad that you're back on the medicine that works. Mm -hmm. It just stinks that you have to go through the process of waiting for your your license and all that other stuff. But that just comes with the territory of having epilepsy. April 13th. You're counting down. So almost two, two more months, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like counting down. It's something to look forward to. So Mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah, well, good. I appreciate your positivity. I mean, you're always smiling. You're always like, you're not letting this get you down whatsoever, even after being hospitalized for like a month. Yeah, I never want to get this. Like, I, I never want this to define me or make it make me like negative in any way because I am always, I'm always having fun. I'm always positive. So I, I always want to advocate that we're just, if you have epilepsy, like you're just like the person next to you. It's not any, we're not anything different than the person standing next to us. It's, it's not something to look like we shouldn't be looked at differently and when I was in that support group when not when I was in in that um like zoom room with everyone when Carmen was talking saying that story about um the job I was uh, about her friend with the job I was like wait what (laughs) because I don't I don't understand one yeah I, I I was just in in shock yeah yeah, I mean, I've been fired from jobs too for having epilepsy. So I get it. It sucks. Not everybody's the same, you know. I don't understand. Happy. I think we like it, it doesn't, it's not fair. And yeah, I think people right. are just uneducated and it's being looked at differently. Like everyone has something different about them and you need to look at yourself. It's like, what's different about what if I was judged for whatever I have, for whatever is different about myself how would I feel and it's just not fair I think that's really terrible and it's just really sad and people really need to be aware of what they're doing and how they're making people feel because we're just like anyone else right so that probably contributes a little bit to why you're starting to advocate more and want to share your story huh Mm -hmm. well good we appreciate you I mean, yeah, the advocacy we definitely needs more positivity and more uplifting people because you can definitely find yourself down a rabbit hole of uh, mental health issues um, if you have epilepsy because you feel isolated and you feel alone. So for the community to have someone like you to look up to that that won't won't let their disability define her and really just like you just said, share that we're just like everybody else is 
it's just inspiring to people who are feeling stuck and feeling isolated. So I know I think it's great that you're sharing your story. Now, I know that you were so young, like so young, you were 12 when you were first diagnosed, but I always ask people, what is something that you, like if you, and I'm sure you've actually met people because you do go to epilepsy camp, but what is something that you would share if, if, if whoever's listening to this podcast is newly diagnosed, what is a piece of advice or something you would share with them to kind of help them get through their initial shock of Honestly, when I was first diagnosed, it didn't get through to me. Nothing went through to me, but my biggest advice, I never wanted to do epilepsy camp when I was little and I have no idea why. So my biggest advice is to, if there's epilepsy camp near you, go to epilepsy camp because it's just an amazing experience and you'll meet people that you'll never, that you'll never think you'll get to meet and it's a really amazing experience that I never thought I would have and I think everyone should be able to get to do this experience so because I didn't really have any thoughts when I was first diagnosed I would say that's my biggest advice because it's just such an awesome thing to be in your own social capital and so much positivity and strength around you and it's just so fun and all the campers have so much fun too and just really meet your best some of your best friends so I would say that's some advice right so as a child or an adult find an epilepsy camp near you and just go yeah that's definitely okay all right well thank you so much for sharing um, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram, Sydney, S-Y-D-N-E-Y underscore Blackman, B-L-A-C-K-M-A-N. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Thanks for listening. As always, I know that you have literally hundreds of shows that you can listen to. So I 100% appreciate every single listen, every single one of you. You can find me at Jamie Wissinger on all social media platforms. And I will see you next week.